This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 12, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. There are good reasons to believe that an e-verify system for employment will become a national ID. Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, explained precisely why at a Capitol Hill briefing held last month. I was amused yesterday to watch the, the hearing in the Judiciary Committee where uh, Republicans who nominally stand for limited government, uh, reduced regulation, and so on and so forth, uh, many of them clamored for increasing the regulation that, that is put upon employers, uh, even increasing penalties that are put on employers. I came to Washington as a Republican revolutionary in 1995. I actually worked on the Judiciary Committee. And uh, I've seen some of the, some of the principles that, uh, that we fought for then uh, start to go to the side. Uh, I work on principle at the Cato Institute, uh, trying always to get our government policies to consist with uh, liberty, free markets, peace, the basic constitutional values that our country was founded on. And I think that E-Verify is well outside of those values. So my specialty is, is uh, identification and my concern with national identification systems, and I think they should be a concern of yours too, because a great part of living in a free country uh, is, having, is having freedom to identify yourself as you will. It's a little arcane, and sometimes it may seem a little bit silly, but it's rather central to, to your ownership of yourself that you identify yourself as you wish, when you wish, and that we don't impose artificial or unnecessary identification requirements on people in order to access the good services and benefits of living in the United States. So let me talk a little bit about what a national identification card or system is. Um, there's really a sort of a, just a simple three-part definition. Uh, one is that it is national. I think uh, in E-Verify we're definitely talking about a national system. There are many identification systems that are not, such as state driver's licenses or, or uh, uh, business identification cards and many other things. It's for identification. Identification is, act is actually a little bit complex. It's the comparison of identifiers that have been collected before to the identifiers presented by an individual. It's sort of a technical, a technical way of understanding, are you seeing, do you have enough confidence that you're seeing on a second, third, or fourth time the person who you originally saw before? So an identification system is about comparing identifiers to the person presenting him or herself. The social security number is an identifier. It's not an identification system. So the correlation between name and number, that's a national identifier. Uh, but don't say we've already got a national identification system just because we have national correlation between a name and a number. Uh, that's just one constituent of a national identification system. It's not necessarily good to even have a national identifier like that, but it's a cost of having the social security system. Uh, when, the, when the social security system was founded, as many of us know, uh, the creation of this number was intended solely for the use of the social security system. But quite rapidly after the, after the numbering system began, it was applied to other uses, and especially in the late 60s and early 70s with computerization, the, the Social Security number became sort of the universal number for identification people of in, in information systems. And so you saw it in credit reporting, you see it in healthcare, you see it in lots of different places now. Uh, that's a nice illustration of how even an identifier, just one part of an identity system, will transmogrify over time and expand to the other uses that it can be put to. Think about E-Verify. Now the final element of a national ID is that it's practically or legally required. There are pl plenty of identification systems we use. A, a credit card is often, would often be good enough for identification, but, but plenty of others that are optional, purely optional. You don't have to have it to, to navigate the society. So I could, uh, I could uh, live entirely well without a, a credit card, giving up some con conveniences, obviously, 
but I could surely be able to, uh, to live uh, uh, practically, and it would be legal for me not to, not to carry it. Uh, E-Verify, I think, falls well within the, in the definition of a practically or legally required, uh, assuming compliance with the law, which is not necessarily a given. Uh, you have to participate in the E-Verify program. You have to be identified to the government in order to get work in the United States. So I think, I think we're talking about a national identification system. But let me take you through how E-Verify requires a national ID system, because I don't think it's obvious uh, from just hearing about it. A lot of folks haven't thought this all the way through uh, and just sort of assume that we'll get, to, get an E-Verify system that works without a national ID. Well, the, the immigration law makes it a question of federal law whether a person is entitled to work in the United States. I think that's a bad policy for, as, as a matter of first principles to give the federal government the right to say whether or not a person can work. But that's what current immigration law says. If you want to administer that kind of program, there are really two questions that, 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 that have to be administered. One is, who is presenting themselves for work? And then two is, what are they entitled to? What are the set of entitlements? And do, do those entitlements include uh, the ability to work in the United States? Lots of the problems that we'll, we'll hear about uh, from my co-panelists deal with that second question. It's the comparison of the names and numbers. Are these accurate? Are people, are employers telling uh, potential employees when things go wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But the question of who is it is where you need the national ID system. As most of you probably know, right now, E-Verify just compares a name with a social security number. It's a basic check. It sounds pretty simple. It isn't necessarily simple at scale. But the important thing is that it's actually not good enough. We all know about the identity fraud problems that have already plagued uh, the E-Verify system. <clears throat> and as the E-Verify system grows, should it grow, those identity fraud problems would grow. If you make it valuable to defeat an identity system, more people are going to defeat that identity system. That's uh, sort of natural logic. So you've seen a growth in identity fraud already, and you'll see more growth in identity fraud. That's why the proposals uh, going around today on Capitol Hill talk about strengthening uh, the, the identification system. They talk about a fraud-proof or biometric card. That's helpful at least because it makes clear what we're talking about which are biometric cards, a biometric identity system for, for uh, uh, administration of E-Verify. And the Washington Post, uh, though I disagreed with it, was kind enough to editorialize a few weeks ago, hey, what the heck, let's just have a national ID. Let's get over it, shall we? Well, I'm not getting over it, and I don't think you should either. We already see that strengthening is happening, strengthening in the E-Verify system. E-Verify uses a thing called a, that it calls the photo matching tool where the federal government has brought in pictures from Administration of Immigration, and it's, it offers employers the opportunity to take a look at the picture, a, a weak form of biometric, of people who are naturalized citizens because they have those pictures. Uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security has entered into agreements or started to agree with de departments of motor vehicles around the country to share DMV data. Right now they're only talking about the, some of the numbers, the identifying numbers that appear on your driver's licenses and ID cards. But I think that that's the path along which driver's license photos will travel. Uh, under the Real ID Act, as a matter of fact, driver's license photos are supposed to be uh, high-quality digital photos that could be used for, for uh, facial recognition. And in some states, including Delaware, they're already using facial recognition as you apply for your license. They take your photo and run a facial recognition check against, against their data while you're, while you're applying for your driver's license. 
So the pieces are being put together to, to make E-Verify that national ID system. It's another step in building the national ID system. And I think it's worth looking at the history of this, of this policy to understand that we're at an important threshold uh, toward that national ID system. It was in 1986 that the Immigration Reform and Control Act first created that policy that I disagree with of requiring employers to check employees' bona fides, that is, their right to, to be in the country and to work. It was a simple process of collecting some information on an I-9 form and keeping it in a file. Relatively low uh, burden, but it was the beginning of this process. In 1996, that, that, that law not having really stemmed the flow of illegal immigration, uh, Congress amended the law again and this time created Basic Pilot. Basic Pilot was the original name of the, this program to compare I-9 information to the actual data uh, as it resides in federal databases. For symmetry's sake, I'll say it was about 10 years later in 2006, I don't, know, don't recall if it was 2005 or 2007, that the Bush administration renamed Basic Pilot to E-Verify and started really, really pushing for its use among government contractors, among, uh, among many, many parties. Those are the kind of steps, in decennial steps toward, toward a national IT system. And the question really is put to you whether you'll help take the next step toward a, toward a national ID in the United States. In case you are indifferent about whether we have a national ID, in case you're not listening to the American people who I, th who I think don't want one, um, there are important reasons not to have a national ID in the United States. Uh, think of it as a way of, of transferring power from individuals to governments and corporations. Uh, with the national ID system, it'll be a lot easier to be asked a lot of different places to show your ID. Uh, undoubtedly, it would be machine readable in some respect, and so a national uh, infrastructure for identity reading and identity capture would mean that when you cashed a check, when you used a credit card, when you entered a hotel, when you entered an office building, uh, when you flew, Someone would say, let me get that, let me get your card, let me swipe it. And they'd gather data about where you were, what you were doing, who you're with. It's easy to correlate this data, obviously. And lots more. Now, we're hurtling toward a, a surveillance society already. We don't need to speed it up by creating an identity system that, that could be used nationally to gather information about us. But more importantly is that it, it's that it's a transfer of, of power to control us uh, in lots of ways that have already been proposed. In E-Verify, we're talking about the federal government controlling whether or not a person can work in the United States. I think the framers would be spinning in their graves to hear that the federal government would decide, yes or no, whether a person who's willing and able can work in the United States. Watch for that system to expand to access to financial services, access to travel, access to health care, access to housing. The list goes on and on. Prescriptions, that's been, that, that's been literally proposed to use national identity for controlling access to prescriptions. Uh, to guns and ammunition. We are, we're talking now on Capitol Hill about whether uh, guns should be registered in gun owners. Now, historically, national identification systems have been used in some of the worst atrocities. Now, I don't see that happening in the United States anywhere in the near future. But, the, but history is long. And uh, I think it's uh, Bruce Schneier put it very well when he said that it's an important form of civic hygiene not to create systems that could be used in totalitarianism. So while we're mocked by our European friends who have national IDs and nothing ever really happened bad to them, we just think a little bit about history. And we think about a future that is uncertain, no matter how great the blessings of our liberty are today. So as you examine this issue of E-Verify, if you see that the political path of least resistance is to go ahead and advise your boss that a, 
that a yay vote is okay, uh, I think you should stop for a moment and you should think about principle. You should decide whether you want to be part of taking the next step toward a national ID in the formerly free United States. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.